Turn in your Bibles with us this morning to Deuteronomy chapter 28 within God's Word. Deuteronomy chapter 28 within God's Word this morning. I pray you had a very merry, merry Christmas uh, as you unwrap the gifts. Uh, we got the boys, the, the, our twin grandsons got them big wheels. That was the number one thing on their Christmas wish list. And uh, Pastor Ryan and myself put together the big wheels. We almost lost our salvation putting those things together, those Chinese, I mean. I mean, what are the back rear wheels? The plastic was all plugged. You couldn't even get the axle through it. We had to take a, a screwdriver and hammer and beat a hole through the, 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 the back wheel. It was all, wasn't properly uh, plastic injected, molded or whatever. And, and we finally got those put together and uh, got everybody what they wanted for Christmas because they told us exactly in the stores what they wanted. They took pictures throughout the store of everything that they wanted. And so we had a picture guide to what they wanted for Christmas. Uh, I never expected, you know, I, I'm talking about faith this morning for the new year. I exhibited very little faith because uh, every year I'm asked, what do you want? What do you want, Phil? My wife says, what do you want? And I, and I, and I don't need anything. I really don't. Yeah. How many guys know the older you get, you don't need anything, right? You don't need anything. You enjoy the giving part. So finally to test her, I said, okay, okay. I want an 18-volt lithium-ion impact driver and power drill combo set. That's what I want. <laughs> Never, ever expecting to get. So I'm at Home Depot, saw exactly what I, I desired, and, and, and I thought, We've been blessed by the church. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use a little of that. You know, have my Christmas. I know I won't get it. And so I, I went and bought it, and uh, I gave it to my wife. And I said, honey, would you mind wrapping it up? And, you know, that's really what I, I wanted anyway. You know, and not knowing, Julie and Ryan got me the same thing. And Becky got me the same thing on Amazon. I have three of them now. Oh, oh, me, oh, we of little faith. Uh, yeah, there, there it is. Blessings, Christmas blessings. I, I want to talk to you on this last Sunday of 2015, uh, not just about blessings. I want to talk to you about the blessing, the blessing. Do you believe in God's blessings? Do you believe in God's curses? It was interesting in my last service that I was in in the chapel, it was divided house. There was a lot of people in there that did not, did not, did not believe in God's curses. I'm sorry, but uh, uh, if you'll turn to Deuteronomy chapter 28 within your Bibles this morning, this chapter is divided into two parts, blessing and curse. God gives us a whole litany of his blessings, and he also gives a whole litany to his people of his curses. God said to Abraham, I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse those who curse you. Jesus himself cursed the fig tree, and it withered. God's blessings are very real. God's curses are very real. You are either living under blessing, or you're living under curse. What will you choose in 2016? 
Read with me in chapter 28 of Deuteronomy. These are the blessings that will come upon you. Blessings in the city, blessings in the field, blessings of fruit and bread, blessings when you come in, blessings when you go out. The Lord will defeat your enemies before you. The Lord will bless you and prosper everything that you do. Does God want to bless us? Yes. But be aware, there's no middle ground in this. There's only two choices. You're either under blessing or your life is under curse. This morning, we're going to close the service in a time of invoking the elders and the pastors, invoking blessing upon your home. There might be 50 people living in your home under your roof. We're going to speak blessing over you. You need a lot of blessing. There might be only one person living in your home. That's you. We're going to speak the blessing over your home. There will be three aisleways. Please remember this. Three aisleways we're going to ask you to line up in. We're going to ask you to line up in this aisle over here. I believe it's the Mastretas and the Behringers that will be anointing and praying in this aisle over here, and then you will exit up this aisle. My wife and I uh, will be praying and anointing in this center aisle here, in the middle, and in this center aisle. I want to make sure that I have it all correct. Uh, excuse me, Frank and Ida, you're joining us here in the center. I'll get this right. That's what happens when I don't use paper. You're, you're here in the center with Becky and I. Over here in my extreme left will be Pastor Hal and, and Randy and Donna. Uh, and then over on the extreme, my extreme right will be Pastor Ryan and Julie and, and the Bogles. This aisle here will be an exit aisle. So you'll come down, line up over there, exit here. Uh, you can come down here and exit either to the right or the left. We're going to anoint you with oil because the oil represents the power, the person, and the presence of the Holy Spirit coming upon your life. He is the conveyor of the, the blessing of God in 2016. We're going to also give you a very special memento. We're going to be able to give you this morning, after we're done praying over you, we're going to give you a special Bible bookmark of blessings. You'll find on the back of this a prayer that I have composed. I did not find the prayer anywhere. I composed it. I asked the Holy Spirit to give me a prayer for your home in 2016 and that you can keep this before you in your Bible. So join us for this special time this morning following the service as we preach a message this morning simply titled, The Blessing. Pray with me as we pray over the blessing. Father, I pray, enrich us with your word. Lord, give us an ear to hear what the Spirit is saying to the church in this hour. Lord, you've already spoken to us through the gifts of the Holy Spirit, reminding us, Lord, that you are the first, the last. You are the living one who has conquered hell, death, and the grave. And Lord, as you have defeated 
life's worst enemy, death. You stand before us as the unconquerable Christ, willing to grant us blessing in 2016. Bless this word, we pray. Amen and amen. If you'd like to follow along with me this morning, take out your sermon study guide and fill in the first blank with us the blessing we will invoke today upon homes and lives is a releasing of God's favor for both natural and spiritual blessings. Let's look at some of God's promises for just natural blessings, earthly blessings. God has given us promises of prosperity. Deuteronomy 8, remember the Lord thy God. It is he who gives you power to get wealth. God has given us promises of health and wholeness. Exodus 23, worship the Lord your God. His blessing will be upon your food and your water. Don't you know you need that today? I will take away sickness from among you. God has given us promises of success. Deuteronomy 28, the Lord will send a blessing on your barns and on everything you put your hand to. God is talking here about business. God is talking about employment, your vocation. God wants to bless it. His blessings are not just in the church, but in the secular world as well, wherever his people are. God has given us promises of overflowing blessings. We talked about it at offering time this morning. Malachi 3.10, bring the whole tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty. See if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will not be room enough to store it. I don't see why anyone would want to eliminate this kind of blessing in their life. When I sit down with young couples and they ask me as we discuss in premarital counseling the best financial strategies for the future, I declare to them unequivocally the number one most important thing you can do to position yourself for financial prosperity is tithing. 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 Do you know people like John Rockefeller, who was not really a Christian, he still tithed? Because it works. It's a spiritual principle. God says, test me in this. He wants to open up the floodgates of blessing upon us. There's also the blessing of family. Proverbs 18.22, the man who finds a wife finds a good thing. She is a blessing to him from the Lord. And all the women would say, Amen. did you hear that, husbands? Psalms 127, children are a gift from the Lord. They are a reward from him. Jesus said that the things that we usually worry about, God wants to handle. Matthew chapter 6, read the chapter. Read the whole chapter. People worry about clothes, food, shelter, the practical necessities of life. Jesus says God's got it all under control. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. That's the word of the Lord. But natural blessings aren't enough. 
If all you're focused on are natural blessings, it will trip you up and lead to a life of misery. Case in point, who is known as the king of rock and roll? Elvis Presley. Who's known as the king of pop? Michael Jackson. Who's known as the queen of pop? Division of the house. I had the same thing in my other services. You know, I hear Madonna, Whitney. I, I would submit Whitney Houston. Look at all the, nobody has equaled her in the awards that she won, uh, most definitely. How'd they all end up? How did all of these who had all the prosperity, all the prestige, all the popularity that we constantly seek, how did they end up? Empty. Dissatisfied. Discontented. Miserable. Drug addicted. They had it all. And they lost it all. God knows that. God understands us. The Bible says, He knoweth our frame, and He remembers that we are dust. You and I, to receive the blessing. The blessing is far more than natural blessings. The blessing also includes spiritual blessings. What are the spiritual blessings that we desperately need, but many times we don't understand that we need it? What are the spiritual blessings that, that God has promised us? Well, let's look at, at the word of the Lord. God has promised us joy. Psalm 16, the Bible says, Thou wilt show me the path of life in thy presence is fullness of what? Joy. Stop seeking joy and joy juice. Peace isn't found in a pill, but a person. His name's Jesus. And at thy right hand there are pleasures forevermore. When are you going to learn this? When are you going to learn this? There's the blessings of contentment. Psalms uh, 23, 1. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Elvis Presley, Michael Jackson, Whitney Houston, they all died in want. The blessings of protection. The Bible says Satan goes about as a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. He's devouring entire marriages and families today. You need protection against supernatural, demonic forces. We're in a spiritual warfare. Jesus has promised us blessing in this regard. Jesus said in Luke chapter 10, I have given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions. Those are metaphors for demonic forces. And to overcome all the power of the enemy, nothing shall harm you. How about God confidence? Instead of looking in the mirror every morning and saying, You're the man. You're the man. You don't need self-confidence. You need God-confidence. The Lord has promised you that. Paul said in Philippians chapter 4, I can do all things through Christ Jesus, who strengthens me. Hallelujah. We're talking about spiritual blessings here. The greatest spiritual blessing of all, the greatest blessing of all in this life is Christ-likeness. We're talking about the fruits of the Spirit, Galatians chapter 522, the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in us. The character of Christ, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness. We're talking about real life, a good life, a good life. 
But God doesn't want us to be blessed just in this life, but also the life to come. The blessing that we're invoking upon you this morning is an eternal blessing. Write it down. We're talking about the blessing of God is also for the life to come. The best is yet to come for the Christian. Jesus said in John 11, Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Here's a biblical theological question for you theology students out there. At what point do we cross over into eternal life? Notice the silence. It's deafening. That's why you need a pastor. <laughs> At what point as a Christian do you cross over into eternal life? Notice the division of the house. Some people are saying at death. At no, at salvation. The moment you accept Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, you cross over into eternal life. You become a fresh, new, exciting being. The old things have passed away. All things become brand new. If anyone is in Christ Jesus, they are a brand new creation. Hallelujah. You're going to live forever. Where? Jesus answers that. John 14, verse 1. Jesus says, don't. Be troubled. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God? Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you, I'd go to prepare a place for you that where I am, you may be also. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself that where I am, there you may be also. Praise the Lord. Stop being deceived by those who claim that the real party, the real party's gonna be in hell. That all the popular people are gonna be in hell. And heaven's gonna be a boring, boring, bore, el boro place. Read the parable about the rich man in hell. Do we hear him saying, let's party? No, he says, I am burning in this place. Let Lazarus dip his finger in the water and touch my tongue. I perish in this place. I want you to know that God is preparing a holy condo in heaven for you that is beyond anything you can imagine. But more than that, heaven is going to be the greatest adventure known to man when we pray the blessing upon you. We pray the blessing of, the, of this life and the blessing of the life to come upon you and yours. And I want you to know the life to come is going to be so incredible, so awesome. Paul the Apostle put it this way in 1 Corinthians. Paul said, I has not seen nor ear heard, neither has it entered in the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. Never will there be a boring day in heaven. It will just get more exciting and more exciting throughout eternity. You will never ever get familiar or take heaven at a casual stance. Why? Because Jesus is there. 
The most exciting blessing of all is on that day of days when Jesus, we shall see. What a day that will be when Jesus, we will see. Mark it down with me this morning. Christians, true Christ followers, are under a covenant, covenant, a blessing. When you become a Christian, you enter into a covenant or a marriage relationship with Jesus, the lover of your soul. Yes. When you enter into covenant relationship with Jesus, it means a covenant of blessing. There is no curse. Jesus said in John 10.10, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But I have come that you might have life, and you might have it more what? Abundant. I like that abundant part there. Not just life, not just ordinary life, abundant life. Life over the edge. Life that's overwhelming. Life that's overflowing. Yes. Real life. Life that you can be contented with and enjoy. A covenant with Jesus means that you make him your Savior. And through the atoning work of the shed blood of Jesus upon Calvary, you are cleansed. You are forgiven. You are sanctified. You are consecrated. You are set apart for a high and holy calling. You are set apart for God's purposes. You are not ordinary. You are not special before God. Entering into covenant relationship with Jesus means that you make Jesus not only your Savior, but he is now your Lord. You let him do the driving. You surrender your will. You surrender your heart. You commit your life to Jesus. And you sit back and say, Lord, you're doing the driving now in my life. You're doing not what I want, but what you want. Not my will, but thy will be done. When you let Jesus do the driving in your life, no matter what happens, God is in control. And last time I heard, his driving is pretty good. <laughs> He knows where he's going. He's driving you. He's moving you into blessing. One of my all-time favorite movies, because I love the historicity of it, and because I like the action. All-time favorite movies. One of them. One of them. Gladiator. Gladiator. What was his name? Maximus. You remember the high point of the movie in Gladiator? The character that Russell Crowe plays has suffered tremendously. He who was once a general is now a slave. He who was once the right hand of Caesar is now a gladiator. And he rises through the ranks to become gladiator of gladiators. He's performing... He's fighting for his life before the evil emperor. And as he survives all contests and battles, and as the last man standing, the emperor who is his enemy, but not knowing who Gladiator is, because Maximus has a helmet and a mask that covers his whole face. The emperor comes out and says, Gladiator, tell me your name. 
Who are you? What is your name? The mask, the helmet is removed. And what do we hear? My name is Maximus Decimus Meridius, commander of the armies of the north, general of the Felix legions, and loyal servant to the true emperor, Marcus Aurelius, father to a murdered son, husband to a murdered wife, and I will have my vengeance in this life or the life to come. And the emperor, the Caesar, stumbles backwards as he's shocked. But covenant relationship with Jesus means we have a far better name and a far higher calling. Amen? When the world comes knocking on your door, when sin comes knocking on your door, when Satan asks, what is your name? What can you say? I am Christian. I am a born-again, blood-washed, Bible-believing, demon-fighting soldier of the cross. I'm not what I used to be, and I'm not yet what I'm going to be. My past is forgiven. My present is redeemed. My future is secure. My sights are set on heaven. I'm fighting the good fight. I'm keeping my, my, my finishing the course. I am keeping the faith. I am pressing on to glory to be with Jesus forevermore. I am Christian. Hallelujah. That is our name. It's vital for you to realize once you understand that you're in covenant relationship with Christ and that as a Christian you're a candidate for all the blessings of God, it's vital for you to realize that God wants to bless you more than you want to be blessed. There's so many that miss this. God wants to bless you more than you want to be blessed. Jesus taught this. Jesus said in Matthew 7, Which of you, if your son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a snake? If you then, though you are evil or sinful, know how to give good gifts at Christmas time, that's my paraphrase, to your children, how much more? How much more? Can you say that with me? How much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask Him? Why do we often fail to receive God's best for our lives? Because we've been deceived into thinking we don't deserve it. We have been deceived into imagining God like some heavenly Santa Claus. We've been listening to the song so much over Christmas time. Santa Claus is coming to town. Santa Claus is coming to town. He's been checking his list. He's been checking it once. He's been checking it twice to see who's been naughty, to see who's been nice. And we view God in the same terms. We think to ourselves... I don't deserve God's blessings. I don't deserve God's best. I've failed Him. I've sinned. I've blown it. I'm a spiritual loser. God's displeased with me. How can I expect blessing? You know, we kind of act like 
Little Johnny that I talked about in the Christmas Eve service. It was mostly visitors there, so I can repeat the joke this morning. <laughs> I shared the Christmas Eve service about little Johnny who, who demanded, dem you didn't have any children like that, that demanded gifts at Christmas time. You'd, of course, none of your homes had that. And he demanded of his parents, I want a bike for Christmas. He didn't know it, but mom and dad already had it taken care of. It was hidden away, but because he didn't see it wrapped up under the tree, he didn't think he was getting it. And mommy said, well, have you really been good enough to receive a bike this past year? You better pray to Jesus about that. The boy prayed, prayed three times. Each time he ran downstairs didn't see anything that looked like a bicycle wrapped up under the tree. Mom, I want a bike. The Lord isn't hearing me. She said, you better write a letter. He thought to himself, I'm going to do one better. He went to the family nativity scene on the curio cabinet shelf that his mom had decorated. He went to the family nativity scene. He grabbed the figurine that was the Mother Mary grabbed it, put it in his pocket, sat down in his bedroom, wrote a letter, Jesus, if you ever want to see your mom again, give me a bike. <laughs> you don't have to manipulate God for his blessings. Yes. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. The Bible says none are righteous, no, not one. Yes, we do not deserve the blessings of God. But hear me in this. The blessings of God, the blessing that we're praying about this morning is not based upon your credentials. It's based upon His credentials. Receiving blessing has nothing to do with you deserving it. None of us deserve his blessings. It's based upon the character of God. You need a fresh revelation of who your God is. Blessings, they're not given based upon who we are, but, but whose we are in Christ Jesus. If the enemy's got you deceived into thinking you don't deserve it, if the enemy has got you deceived into thinking that God doesn't want to bless you, then you need to look at the cross once again. You need to have a fresh revelation of the cross of Calvary. You need to have a fresh revelation of the Bethlehem manger where God stepped out of eternity and took on flesh and was laid in a stinking feeding trough. And then he was laid and nailed upon a cross. Why? The cross, the manger in Bethlehem, they all scream out, I love you. God's blessings are not based upon who we are or what we have done. God's blessings are based upon who He is. And He is a God of grace and love and mercy. No wonder Paul the Apostle wrote this in Romans. Paul the Apostle said, He who did not spare His own Son but gave him up for us all. How will he not also along with him graciously give us how many things? All things. Do you see it there? 
Write it down, experiencing and enjoying God's divine favor throughout 2016 begins by being blessing-minded. Blessing-minded. Jesus taught this. Jesus taught us to expect blessings, to be thinking about God's blessings on a consistent basis, to be looking for God's blessings on a consistent basis. Jesus said in Mark eleven twenty four, I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them. You're supposed to believe. You're supposed to expect before you receive. Believe that you receive them and you will have them. You see that there? My daughter had just come back from college for Christmas break, and she said, Dad, Dad, uh, can we go out for breakfast? And I said, I'd love to take you out for breakfast. I said, hurry up, because the country boy special is over at 11 o'clock. Hurry up, hurry up. She said, Dad, I don't want to go there. I mean, that shocked my world. I'm used to the country boys special. The plate is just jammed full. I mean, we're talking a full, full breakfast for a cheap price. She said, I want to go to the pancake factory. I, I said, I thought to myself, that's the most expensive breakfast place in town. Most of the breakfasts there start at $10 and up. You know, when, when something really, really special happens, I take, I take Becky, my wife, there, and we get, uh, we get this huge, gigantic pancake. It's really a pie. This pancake with apples and cinnamon and brown sugar all over it. I mean, you've got to take a shot of insulin many times over after you eat that. And, and, and we usually split it because of it being expensive, and we, we share it with one another. I mean, I just die for that kind of a thing. Um, but I'm there with, with Jenny, and I let her order anything that she wanted, you know, anything you want. But when it came, she says, well, what are you getting? And I, I used my selection criteria, the qualifier, was I just looked for the cheapest thing on the menu. Where was the cheap? What is the cheapest thing on the menu? The cheapest thing on the menu was one fried egg. $6.50. $6. Your pastor had uh, a fried egg. There might have been some garnish, you know, next to it. And we're, I'm waiting for the waitress because, you know, we're done eating. We're ready to go. And uh, I said, where's, where's my ticket? Where's my bill? Uh, we need to get going. She said, you know that couple, that couple from your church that you went and said hi to and you greeted? They paid for your whole bill. <laughs> I thought to myself, I could have had that biggest brown sugar apple oven baked pancake. They, they would have paid for the whole thing. And I ended up with this cheapo dining experience. Fried egg. By the way, John and Connie, you're the best. God bless you. 
God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. How many, how many of you are approaching 2016 with a fried egg mentality? How many of you are approaching the new year with a cheapo dining experience? Hmm? Like me. Huh? And you, you, you constantly think, nothing good will ever come my way. Born a loser, born under an unlucky star, always will be under an unlucky star. I'm never going to get any better in my health. Kesara, kesara, what will be, will be. And that's the way you are approaching the new year. And I say to you upon the authority of God's holy word, stop it in the name of Jesus. Stop your cheap dining fried egg mentality experience. Listen to what God said to Joshua at a new venture, a new point in his life. God said, this book of the law, or his word, his promises, shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night. You need to saturate your mind with the promises of God's word that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. That means you need to obey, and you need to trust and obey, for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus, for then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have what? Good success. There it is. You can expect the incredible. You can expect the awesome. You can expect the miraculous. If you'll choose to orient your mind to the promises of God, to saturate your mind with his spoken blessings, and then trust them and obey them and watch what God will do in your life. Amen. Expect his blessings in your life. Step up to his banqueting table. You can order anything that you would like. <laughs> all the desserts, all the cuisine. And guess what? At the cross of Calvary, the Lord has already paid for it. The debt has been paid. It has been paid in full. Hallelujah. His blessings are unlimited. Praise the name of the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Experiencing and enjoying God's 2016 blessings also means speaking His divine favor in every dimension of your life. Do you realize the moment you speak something, you give birth to it? Do you understand the moment that you verbalize, vocalize something, you give life to it? The scripture says in Proverbs 6, we are snared, we are baited, we are trapped by the words of our mouths. Some go through life speaking nothing but the negative. Well, nothing good ever happens to me. Or the older we get. How many of you, the last time you were out with your friends... The older we get, we talk about our aches, our pains, our ailments. We're comparing, I'm watching my generation. We used to laugh at the older generation. Now we're doing the same thing. We're comparing our x-rays. We talk about our CAT scans. We talk about our MRIs. We talk about our last procedure. 
Reminds me of one of my favorite stories of the seniors in the Florida Senior Center. They were all sitting around a table drinking coffee, and the one said, My arm is so weak, I can barely lift my cup of coffee. The other one said, You think that's bad? My cataracts are, are, are getting so acute, I can barely see my coffee. The other said, well, my blood pressure pills are making me so dizzy, I can't even drink coffee. I guess that's the price we pay, one old guy said. The price we pay for getting older. But one cheerful, positive gal said, hey, but let's look at the bright side. Praise the Lord, we can still all drive. If you're always speaking negative, if you're always focusing on, on the negative of life, if you're always saying nothing good ever comes my way, guess what? Nothing good will ever come your way. And it's not enough to avoid negative speak. A mannequin in the store window doesn't speak negative. The Lord wants you to do much more than avoiding negative speak. He wants you to address your hindrances, your obstacles, your problems, your vicissitudes of life. He wants you to speak against them with faith-filled words in His name and for His glory. You don't believe it? Listen to the word of Jesus. Mark eleven twenty three. Assuredly, I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast in the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things that he says will be done. He will have whatever he says. You see that there? You see that there? The Lord wants you to speak faith-filled words to your problems, against your obstacles. That's why Jesus, Jesus was so profoundly amazed by a certain man he encountered in his life. A Roman commander, a Roman centurion, said, Jesus, would you please heal my servant boy? He's my favorite servant. Jesus said, I'll come and lay hands upon him. The, the, the Roman commander said, no. I know as a commander when I give an order, that spoken word has life to it. When I speak, it is done. He looked at Jesus and he said, Master, just speak the word. And, and Jesus is shocked. It's the only place in the Gospels that we find Jesus being amazed or astonished. And Jesus said, I have not found such great faith in all of Israel. Speak the word. Speak the word. If you run into a physical problem, a health problem this year, speak the word. A financial problem, speak the word. A family problem, speak the word. Speak the word. Speak the word. Speak to your mountains, and they will move. This is the word of the Lord. Speak God's promises for his divine favor. Speak favor over your customers. Speak favor over your clients. Speak favor over your contracts. Speak favor over your accounts. Speak favor over your business. Speak favor over your students. Speak favor over your family. And watch what God will do. 
There's a miracle in your mouth. Determine to release it in the new year to come. Lastly, experiencing and enjoying the blessing. The blessing especially means speaking divine favor over your family. Imagine what some children have grown up hearing their whole lives. Some kids have grown up their whole lives hearing what? Complaining. Criticizing. Cursing. Read your Bible, and you'll find throughout God's Word in the Old Testament that children would fight among themselves just to get dad's hand and words of blessing upon their lives. Read the account of Jacob and Esau. Jacob, the younger brother, dressed up and disguised himself to be like his older brother to receive the eldest son's blessing from his father Jacob. Read the Gospels. Why were the parents with the young children struggling with the disciples? Why were they disputing with the disciples? Because what did they want from Jesus? The blessing. The blessing. The blessing. The blessing that comes from a parent is very, very real. Not because of who the parent is, but because of the position that they hold. There's only one of the Ten Commandments that it's a commandment with promise. Honor thy father and thy mother that your days may be long and successful upon this earth. I was a smart aleck preacher's son. I knew the Bible better than the deacons in the church knew it when I was growing up. I did. I didn't always agree with my, what my parents said. I didn't like many times the rules that they laid down. But I was smart enough with the Bible that even though I didn't like it, I obeyed them because I knew that I knew that I knew what the Bible said about the blessings that flowed to the obedient child from the parent. Blessings of long life, blessings of a successful life. Even when the parent is wrong, God honors the office of father and mother in terms of blessing, not because of the parent's behavior, but because of the parent's position. Case in point, Noah. Noah was stone-cold drunk, and his son, Ham, made fun of him before the other brothers. The other brothers came in, walked backwards, and covered their father's nakedness. And then the curse came, and it rained down upon that son who mocked and ridiculed his father. Was Noah wrong? Yes. Was the curse, did the curse have power? Yes. Because God honored the office of father. He honors the office of mother. Hear me, young people, young adults. 
Hear me even of my generation. If you have a father, if you have a mother, honor them. Honor them. That thy days may be long and full upon this earth. And parents, do all that you can to orient your speak, your words, to issue blessing in the home. Tell that child, I don't care if they're 2 or 20, tell that child, you are one of a kind. You have been created in the image of God. You are special. You are my child. And I speak life. I speak victory. I speak honor and blessing upon you. You're going to make it. God is going to make something beautiful out of your life. Do you see that? What are you speaking in the home? What are you praying in the home? And hear me, a blessing, look on the screen, a blessing is not a blessing until it's what? Spoken. Spoken. Just the other day I was watching my two twin little grandsons praying for the first time. I heard Logan Good, I want food. <laughs> He's got a deep voice, real different from his brother. That's okay, at least he was praying. The greatest blessing that you can ever convey to your children is to introduce them to Jesus. As Dale comes to the keyboard this morning, what will you give birth to in 2016? Will it be blessing or curse? Victory or defeat, life or death. I remind you once again, there's no middle ground in this. God desperately wants to pour out His blessings upon your life. But I remind you, you must be blessing-minded. You must trust and obey His Word. You must speak His favor into every dimension of life. As we're getting ready in just a few moments to anoint every home and to speak the blessing upon you, let us all understand this. Before we speak the blessing upon you, there's one qualifier. This is not a politically correct, inclusive experience. As the elders and the pastors get ready to invoke God's blessing, the blessing, this is exclusive. Here's the one qualifier. You can only receive the blessing if you're a Christian. When the world, when sin and Satan asks, what is your name? I am Christian. I have his name. I'm a Christ follower. Every Christmas, the last gift that we open up is not a box. We don't unwrap a present. It's a card. It's a card that is given not only to me, but to my dear wife, Becky, 
to every one of my children, to their spouses, even down to the great-grandchildren. A card is given to each one. It's from my parents. There's a long prayer of blessing written in that card. And then there's a nice, healthy check. Hallelujah. Given to each one. And we all stand and have a video taken of us thanking my mom and dad or grandpa and grandma or great-grandpa and great-grandma for their gift. But you know what? That gift, that gift is just a piece of paper. It's valueless unless it is cashed or endorsed. God has done his best. He sent the king of the universe, his only begotten son, to be laid in a feeding trough and then to be laid upon a cross. On that cross, Christ called out, It is finished. The debt has been paid. Your sins have been forgiven. You have been saved at the cross. But what Christ has done will have no value unless you endorse, unless you receive what has been given. Will you do that today? Father, in the name of Jesus, I ask and pray even right now, as we, O oh God, ready ourselves to receive the blessing. Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus. Lord, that there would be none that would leave this room that is away from you. Lord, I pray that there would be none that would reject what you have done at the cross for them. They would not, oh God, reject what you have given. His heads are bowed and eyes are closed. I'm prepared to pray a prayer of salvation. A prayer that will make you right with God. A prayer that will cleanse you from your sins. A prayer that will give you a home in heaven. Would you like to be included in this prayer? If so, as heads are bowed and no one is looking around, would you just lift up your hand right now as a sign of your faith? Lift it up high so that I can see it. God bless you. I see that hand. God bless you. How many more? Lift it up high. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. How many more? How many more? I don't want to leave anyone out. Lift it up high that I can see it. God bless you. God bless you. You can only receive the blessing unless you're a Christian. God bless you. Heads are bowed. Eyes are closed. Keep those hands up. I want you to Pray with me. Pray out loud with me. Own, the, own this prayer even right now. I want everyone to pray this prayer out loud with me. Say it with faith. Dear Jesus, 
I come to you right now. And I confess, I am a sinner. But Jesus, you are my Savior. Save me from my sins. I believe you paid the price for my sins. And I believe you rose from the dead with resurrection life. I want that life, Jesus. A new life. A changed life. Thank you, Jesus, for hearing me, for changing me, for washing my sins away. I thank you, Jesus, that I am saved. In the name of Jesus, I receive this as I believe it. Amen.